When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. Twenty-five past ten here on SENZ mornings with Smithy Ricardo in for him joining us on the panel today. Hamish Bidwell, good day, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you, Ricardo. Wonderful to talk to you again. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, always a pleasure. And um, Poneki's second favourite son and latest AFL prospect, Jamie Wall. How are you, sir? Oh, morning, Ricardo. It's good to be talking with you, mate. Yeah, good stuff, mate. How was the how was your AFL experience? I see you wearing a St Kilda kit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've made my debut for the Mount Roskill Saints. Um, uh, all I know is my legs want to fall off today. Um, and if I keep doing this, I'm going to be losing a lot of weight. Yeah, well, it's not a bad thing, right? It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Uh, I would, though, if anyone is interested in playing, um, please uh, check out your local local club. There are competitions in Auckland and Wellington and across the country, and so uh, I would I would highly recommend it. It was good fun. Yeah, nothing like playing a game, Hamish, where you get a point for missing, is there? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're, uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling on this Monday, mate? Have you got Have you got the pom poms out, the cheerleader outfit on uh, for the All Blacks after that fifty three three win for against the Pumas? No. So, like, um, first of all, I don't have to go to games anymore, which is an absolute pleasure. But I, 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 my pleasure would have been enhanced immeasurably if Grant was but and Ian Smith were commentating. I, I didn't enjoy that aspect of it, but. The performance was adequate. I see the team have allegedly answered some critics. So, like, if they were winning all the time and people were criticising them, then, yeah, they probably would have answered some critics if they had played well. Um, but the only reason anyone's been critical of them is they've played like drunks. You know what I mean? And that's just the, the start and the end of it. So they've answered no critics. They've turned no corners. They've produced an adequate performance against a pretty inadequate opponent uh, this week. You know, and... I know people think we're miserable and negative and, and permanently looking to muckrake as journalists, but actually the best thing in the world is to cover a team that wins because you never have to criticise anyone. Everyone's always friendly. There's no awkward moments. And so when you get the All Blacks round, it, traditionally it's been fantastic because you really have to give anyone a kicking. And that's, that's, that makes life way more pleasurable as a journalist. And no one's enjoyed criticising the All Blacks. No one's... Uh, especially enjoyed criticising people like Kane and Foster, who are reasonable people. But it's just been a necessity given how they've played. So because they played well once, great, good on them, but it means nothing to me. Well, we're, we're, what about you, Jamie? I mean, I watched that game and I thought, sure, that Pumas team didn't bring the uh, uh, intensity they had the, the, the week before, but it did look like the All Blacks were playing a different type of rugby. They were they were attacking at pace. They were hitting holes rather than running at the man. It, it certainly looked like there had been a tweak in the system. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that they the All Blacks obviously played very well. I think the Pumas were pretty pretty poor. 
Um, they reverted back to type as a team that didn't believe they could beat the All Blacks once the chips were down. They're definitely a side that needs a good start uh, in order to sort of have any chance of, of uh, pulling pulling off an upset win. Um, and so when they were, after De Groot had, had scored that try, you really felt like, oh yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a pretty decent day at the office for the All Blacks. And sort of backing up what Hamish said there, like, yeah, it is it is more fun when they win, um, especially after the game. It is nice to go into a press conference and um, have everyone want to be want to talk to you uh, rather than be guarded and defensive and awkward and and and. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a it's not a, a fun experience. It's an interesting experience. But it's not a fun one. Um, I think that there has there should be some mention of the refereeing, and and I'm not I'm not I don't want to have a go at any refs or or anything like that. But the difference between the interpretation, the breakdown from Christchurch to Hamilton was pretty big, uh, and 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 Sam Kane admitted as much um, in in the post match. Um, interview. Ian Foss didn't really want to get drawn on it um, too much other than, you know, he admitted that it was it was definitely a thing. Um, but the, the All Blacks clearly benefit from uh, the interpretations of Southern Hemisphere referees and I think that that is going to be an issue going forward uh, into the World Cup where we're going to be seeing probably a bit more eyes on who is controlling certain games and therefore how that breakdown is going to be going to be controlled because as much as the All Blacks improved over the week, I don't think they completely changed their the way that they go about um, attacking the breakdown that much in only seven days to have a what fifty point turnaround uh, in, a, in a test match. What did you make uh, Hamish of, um, or what do you what do you think is going to happen from here? I mean, if they put that performance together in Melbourne against Australia, will you will, will you start to think that maybe they have turned a corner? Um, the, yeah, the air's gone out of the tyres a little bit for me because I had invested quite a lot in the Island series and mm. then what was going to happen against the box because I thought they would be uh, they would be bellwethers. They would tell us whether this team was going to be a success going forward, whether the much talked about change at coaching level would occur. And when those results basically became meaningless, uh, I just was a little bit less enthused about the game. So there's no... Yeah, England at the end of the season is probably a bit of a challenge, but the rest of the games are going to be walkovers, really, let's be fair. And if they're not, then something will have gone wrong. What have they got? Australia, Japan, Wales, Scotland, England. Like, that's... I can't get enthused, and it doesn't matter because there's nothing on the results. Like, the, the whole point of the All Blacks has been that results matter. But this year we've seen that results don't matter because if the players say that the coach is a great bloke and they were working hard and learning shitload, then, like, everything's great. Like, then you can you can... You can gloss over the results. So the rest of the year they should win comfortably, but it, it, some of the impact's gone out of it because there's nothing riding on the results. Yeah, no, I, I, I pick up what you're saying. What about you, Jamie? I mean, uh, we do go to Melbourne next Thursday for that first game against the Wallabies. We've seen performances from the, this All Blacks team where they've won after a loss and thought, oh, OK, good, here we go, and then they've turned into another poor performance. What are you expecting over yeah. in Oz? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's why this game for me is pretty interesting because they've gone uh, loss, win, loss, win, and not just losing, winning and losing, but basically being a completely different side every week for the for the past four four tests. And so, it, if they can actually show a bit of consistency, then I'll, I'd probably agree with Hamish and say, yeah, we could probably win out for the rest of the year. 
I don't think they will. I think there's, uh, there might be at least a couple of losses to come. Um, uh, that, that game at Twickenham is looking really significant right now because I think that it's one where you could probably really measure a team's um, run into the World Cup, like where they're really looking, looking like right now um, because I think next year for the Six Nations, it's not going to be that big a deal for those for those teams. Like they're probably going to keep some stuff stored away. But this this game for England and the All Blacks <clears throat> is is a real marker for for where they're at in the World Cup. And if the All Blacks lose that, then there is no uh, there is no right to reply after that for the rest of the summer. Um, and we're going to end up with the situation we had last year. Um, so I think that they they really need to string two good performances together in this Blues Low Cup series. They've got the advantage of playing at Eden Park in the, in the second one. Um, but it is worth remembering that the Wallabies have been just as up and down. You know, you, like, you would have backed them to beat the Springboks on the weekend. They, they got thumped. Um, the Springboks have gone from good to bad on a weekly basis as well. And obviously the Argentinians went from creating history to getting their ass kicked. So everyone's kind of in the same boat. Uh, at the moment, it's made for a great rugby championship, but um, it's it's pretty uh, interesting territory for an, for for an All Black fan because you're feeling you you get to you get to understand what it's like to be a rugby fan in other countries, I guess. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, this is the panel. Jamie Wall and Hamish Bidwell with us. We'll be back with more talking Warriors, tennis at the US Open, and the Farah Palmer Cup as well after the latest in news and sport from Araha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It's 24 away from 11 here on Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball. In for him, Jamie Wall, Hamish Bidwell with us. And uh, gentlemen, Farah Palmer Cup semis over the weekend saw Auckland and Canterbury progress to the final, which is going to be this weekend. It's also been announced by Kendra Coxedge. It's going to be... Uh, her last game in the red and black she's going to bow out of all rugby after the World Cup as well she's going to play the 100th game in this final. Uh, Jamie, what do you think her legacy is going to be like for the women's game when she goes? Oh, I think she's already cemented it uh, as the, the the best, the greatest black fern of all time um, uh, just to sheer longevity uh, and uh, commitment and also being, uh, and you know, this is no means way to, to denigrate women's rugby, but she she is the rare case of of a player who picked the game up as her first sport um, from from a young age and progressed through in what we I guess we'd say the sort of traditional way that um, you would you would make uh, a national team, um, which is which is great because that's if if women's rugby is to sort of achieve parity and. In, in the country, like that's that's what is needed. Uh, you know, it's all well and good to have um, former netballers and volleyballers and, and whoever else, but you need players like Kendra Coxedge, who rugby is their main sport, it's their passion, it's their what what they what they they're going to do their whole lives. So, for her to come through and be able to bow out um, in a final, um, even though it's for Canterbury, uh, is, uh, is is a pretty incredible achievement. Um, I would be really interested when it's all sort of said and done to hear her story on the way the last year and a half have unfolded because um, just like her her view on the on the dramas and things that have happened with the Black Ferns and 
and you know what, how this season is going to play out because I think she'd probably have a lot to say, a lot of interesting things to say about that. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, the the other good thing about the Farrah Palmer Cup is as a whole is at least this this time around we are getting the Black Ferns uh, in the final. Last year's one uh, was uh, unfortunately turned into a, a bit of a. Um, a bit of a, a, a non-event just because uh, all the players were taken out. Um, they had a substandard referee, and the game itself was of quite low quality compared to um, some of the other games that we'd, we'd seen um, that year. But this year's been trucking along quite nicely. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to a really good final. Yeah, um, uh, and, and maybe maybe Kendra Coxhedge uh, wants to write a book, Jamie. I don't know. Maybe there's a phone call to be made there. Um, oh. <laughs> Hamish, uh, what about you? I mean... How, 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 how tough is she going to be replaced, uh, to replace for the Black Ferns after that World Cup? Well, you saw that a bit of the Adelaide Oval. She didn't play that test against the Wallaroos, and the team, coincidence or not, struggled. Um, in terms of the competition, yeah. Like, we're really lucky with the Black Ferns 7s. They're an elite team, like super elite. Um, the Black Ferns 15s are getting there. They're certainly blessed with really good backroom staff. I wouldn't mind some of those blokes actually working with the All Blacks instead of the Black Ferns, but if I look at the competition, it's not high-performance sport. There are still a lot of people making up the numbers. They're not, they're not great athletes, and that's the challenge for rugby in New Zealand. Is, yeah, we've got some really great elite players, especially in the seven-a-side side of things, but we need to lift the overall standard of, of the athletes and the conditioning and, and just their general rugby skills if we want the Black Ferns 15 team to be an elite team because the, the, the competition itself is still pretty mediocre. Yeah, speak, uh, speaking of, uh, of of also rains and making up the numbers, the Warriors um, season is done, uh, Hamish, uh, and they went out in the most Warriors fashion possible, didn't they? Yeah, I was thrilled. Like, I'm a genuine rugby league fan. It would be my number one sport. And, you know, a guy like Titans, Captain Tino Fasamola Awi, he's like a great guy. He's just tried so hard for that team this year. They've been a, a bit of a failing team, the Titans. They made the playoffs last year. Their expectations that they would do so again but he's never stinted in his effort, he's never complained, he's just got out there and played harder every week and tried to lift his team and, you know, put a guy like that in the Warriors, a guy who doesn't cut corners, a guy who doesn't make excuses, a guy who gives absolutely everything of himself every week and you will be more competitive. I mean, that club in the last few weeks has relied upon playing back in Auckland and that sort of lifted them and they've been abysmal and given up away from home. So to see them lose at home to a, to a battling team <laughs> was pretty fitting. I enjoyed that. I think um, we're far. We give them far too easy ride in this country. I think we we're far too accepting of their failings. And while we do that, they'll continue to fail. Mm, yeah, I mean, uh, Jamie, I don't know what you thought of uh, of the Warriors' homecoming. Uh, three games they had at the end of the season. Um, I did my picks, my my NRL picks for the weekend. I got seven from eight. The one I got wrong was I thought these two teams are pretty closely matched. Warriors been at home should get them should get them over the line. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd just like to give a big middle finger to the Warriors because I was writing a match report uh, about that uh, in very stressful circumstances because, of course, <laughs> it was finishing just as the All Blacks were starting, and I had to cover that game as well. Um, so that made for a really <clears throat> rough ten minutes. I'm um, having to re- rewrite the whole bloody thing. Um, another another fantastic example of the Warriors getting knifed by one of their former players as well, um, with Paul Turner scoring the uh, the try that sent it to um, Golden Point. Um, I believe that that number's up, well up into around sort of 15, 16 times that's happened now, um, where the Warriors have lost a game on account of a player that they've let go. 
um, doing that to them. Um, nice little, so there's a nice little stat for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, I will cut them some slack in terms of them giving up uh, when being away from home. You know, like they, they were clearly out of finals contention a long time ago. Um, they needed to reconnect with their fans uh, more than anything else. Um, which they have done, you know they've had they've had good crowds uh, coming in. Um, you, you you can say what you want about the Warriors, but you 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 have to sort of tip your hat at the almost delusional, delusionally um, positive support that they, that they enjoy um, from their fans, and that says a lot about what that club has done uh, marketing themselves to a, a very loyal, loyal fan base that they can be this bad and still have that many people showing up, uh, and enjoy the sort of corporate and, um, media support that they get. So, you know, something's going right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, something's going somewhere there, uh, at the Warriors. We'll have to see if they can turn that around next season. And finally, gentlemen, uh, the U S tennis open is on at the moment today. I'm looking forward to at one o'clock. Uh, Daniel Medvedev takes on Nick Kyrgios. Now, Nick Kyrgios, I don't know how this works, but he's seeded 23rd for the tournament. But with the bookies at the beginning of the tournament, he was the fourth favourite because he has found some form at the slams and has been a bit more consistent. Uh, are you looking forward to this match, Hamish? And, 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 and where are you with the US Tennis Open? Is it something that grabs your attention? I don't watch any tennis. I don't read about it. I don't care about it. I think it's junk. <laughs> Beautifully said. Uh, short, sharp, and to the point. What about you, Jamie? Are you interested to see how Kyrgios goes against uh, Medvedev? Yeah, I've always enjoyed the um, US Open because it's obviously at the, the friendliest uh, viewing time um, around here because you can you can watch in the morning. And these are probably my t- the two most compelling players or men's players in uh, in the game uh, at the moment. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and if if they start interacting with the crowd, um, which they both have a, a long history of of doing. Um, that'll make it really uh, an extra. It, it, but, but a bit extra on what should be a top quality match anyway and I feel like the winner of this one could probably have a pretty decent case of being the favourite to go on and win the whole thing so yeah I'll, I'll definitely be giving giving it a watch um, and yeah hopefully we can see a bit of fireworks. Yeah fingers crossed gentlemen thank you very much for joining me today on the panel and go well enjoy your week Cheers mate there we go, Jamie Wall and Hamish Bidwell with us. Uh, Hamish, not a tennis fan. I don't know if you picked that up, but there you go. Uh, keep your text coming through, double eight, double three, double eight, double three. Uh, credit to Foster. Everyone wanted changes to the starting lineup, including me, but he's trusted his players. That's from Chris. Thanks very much for your text, Chris. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.